The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WNKV. And now your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're putting folks just like you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And for those of you who might be listening to us later on on the podcast because you forgot to listen to us live on the show. Remember our brand new fan page at realliferealestateradio.com. That's going to take you over to a Facebook site. And yeah, in order to really kind of get in it and post questions and look at pictures and have discussions, you're going to need to join Facebook. But uh, once you do that, we will send you a reminder each week that the show is coming up, what the topic is, how you can participate in the program. One of the big things we're hoping that RealLifeRealEstateRadio.com will do is uh, allow us to get some listener input on show topics. Uh, But the reason you want to go there is to see what Mike Martini really looks like when he's producing a radio show, feet up, head thrown back, snoring. We've got pictures of this. He can deny it all he wants, but they're right there on real life, real estate, radio.com, along with more than one picture of me, myself, which I, I cannot figure out why I keep getting pictures taken of me because it's sort of, you know, I'm just sitting here talking into a microphone. It's not that exciting. Although there is a picture there of my barefoot if you're into that sort of thing as well. Again, real life, real estate, radio.com get you the reminders that you need and uh, let you post show ideas and have discussions with other listeners. And so on, one of our biggest fans here on Real Life Real Estate Investing, one of the very first people, in fact, who signed up to be a fan on RealLifeRealEstateRadio.com was Miss Lucy Brenton. Lucy and her fairly sizable family, I will let her tell you all about that in just a minute, uh, live in the Indianapolis area where they invest in real estate and where she owns a business called OriginalCreditCoach.com. As you can guess, that part of her business is all about helping people, whether they be real estate investors or their buyers, to understand and legally improve their credit. And Lucy is joining us today from her home in Indianapolis. Welcome, Lucy. Oh, thank you, Vina. It is a pleasure to be here. And I'm so glad to have you here with us because credit is just like so important in <laughs> in the business that we're in. One way or another, I mean, we're either going to use it to buy houses or somebody else is going to use it to buy houses from us. Uh, but that's really not even the whole extent of it, is it? I mean, good credit uh, gets you all kinds of things that you, you wouldn't even imagine. That is so true. It is the lifeblood of our economy right now, which is horrible because everyone has bad credit. You can't go buy a car at a decent interest rate. You can't do anything without a good credit score. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I even had a, an insurance agent tell me something about a year ago that I didn't know, which is that your insurance rates can be based on your credit. Yes, that is true. The theory, which I vehemently disagree with, is that if you have bad credit, you are more likely to turn in claims 
And people with good credit are more likely to just go ahead and suck it up and pay something, even if it's over the deductible, rather than turn it in because mm-hmm. they want to have a, a good history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it's absolutely no joke. And, of course, credit um, requirements are just going up and up and up and up and up. Um, the the If you just look at what Fannie Mae is requiring of real estate investors over the past 18 months, uh, it's gone from, yeah, you can get a decent loan at a 640-660 credit score to you pretty much have to have gold-plated credit and also sign over your firstborn children to the banks. But um, I think a lot of listeners are going to have questions about, you know, why are you discussing credit when you say all the time that you don't have to have money or credit to be in real estate? Boy, that's a really loaded question, isn't it? Because, you know, the gurus all get up and say, buy a house, no money down, no credit needed. The seller won't even pull your credit. Um, And we know that with a lot of real estate investing techniques, for example, your wholesaling, that's absolutely true. You can make a ton of money wholesaling. Nobody's ever going to pull your credit. You can do that with sub two. But the fact of the matter is, at some point, more than likely, there's going to be an end buyer who's going to be getting some sort of traditional financing, and that requires a good credit score. Just as you mentioned with the investors, 24 months ago, I've been a mortgage broker since 96, so at the end of 2006, we were still doing 100% financing for real estate investors. Mm-hmm. You had a 720 credit score, even if you couldn't prove your income, we'd do a 6.5% on the first, followed up with a really horrible 12 or 15% interest rate on the second, but you know, it was only ten or 20000 for most people, so who cares? Now, you can't even do a loan if you're stated income. They've completely taken that away from us. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter whether you have an 850, which is the absolute perfect. If you're a real estate investor, you better be able to prove your income. You better have a good credit score. And uh, you better make sure that you've got 20 to 25% down, even on a single family. This is this market is just getting really crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's uh, there's the, the some of the, the, the side business issues as well. If you're going to buy some of these REOs that are on the market, which all need rehab. Uh, being able to get a, 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 a decent sized line of credit from one of the big box department stores, you know, that, or hardware stores that uh, $20,000, $30,000 on a credit card to be able to do that rehab is awfully nice. And the credit card companies are pulling back now on um, uh, sizes of lines of credit and, 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 you know, raising rates much more quickly if something happens to your credit score and so on. So it isn't a joke. I mean, doing real estate without paying attention to your credit is possible. But as I think you said in in one of the articles that we sent out to our listeners today, having the good credit kind of lets you trump on the gas. It absolutely does. It gives you a unique leverage that you wouldn't have. But it's not absolutely positively necessary to have that perfect credit, and there are ways around it. So we can talk about those sorts of techniques. I had a fellow call me today wanting to know if there's still hard money out there, and I said, there certainly is, but you've got to have a 650 credit score. You need to have some money down. You need to be able to prove, improve, uh, prove that your income and debt ratio is 50% or less. So his response is, well, I've got this deal. What do I do? And, of course, I directed him, go back to wholesaling. You know, mm-hmm. flip the property to adorn uh, my husband and I, and maybe, maybe we'll want it. It's got to be a good <laughs> deal, though. So, you know, uh, selfishly, it allows Dorn and I to do more deals because we do have the financing in place. But let's talk about that. I mean, what can people do in this market? Well, the first thing that they've got to do is they've got to improve their credit scores. And that's something they can absolutely do by themselves legally. They don't have to hire somebody like myself. I always make that abundantly clear. It's just that I know not only the things you should do, 
but the things you shouldn't do, and that's probably more important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we're definitely going to get into that in just a moment. I certainly want to uh, give our callers a chance, or our listeners a chance to give us a call or send us an email if they have any questions about their own credit scores or how to improve the credit scores of, let's say, their tenant buyers. Uh, they can give us a call Ooh. at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 if they're outside the greater Cincinnati area. Uh, you can also send us an email by going to askvena.com. That's A-S-K-V-E-N. A.com, filling out the response form there, uh, hit the send button, and hopefully we will get it here in the studio. But if you want to make sure that Lucy's still here to answer your question, you want to give us a call, 772-9658-877-772-9658. Now, Lucy, I think that uh, the reason a lot of people are, I don't know, not as concerned about their credit as they maybe should be is their 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 sort of view of how the whole credit system works is there's these three big companies and they're very heavily regulated and they have to do things a certain way and therefore I don't need to worry about, you know, as long as I'm paying my bills and everything, I don't need to worry about what's being reported to my credit because there's just, you know, the system is in place and there's just no way it could all go wrong. Is that correct? Oh boy, do I wish it ever was true. Um, unfortunately, my view from this side of the fence is that they are grossly incompetent. They're private companies with huge lobbying budgets, and really they, they lack the kind of oversight that is needed to ensure that they do the job that they're required to do. Now, we do have a couple of different laws, and we'll discuss those, the FCRA, Fair Credit Reporting Act, and the FDCPA, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, that govern their behavior and allow us as consumers to hit them financially where it hurts. And if you can hit them in the pocketbook, I think that's probably the most effective way. Some pretty big, high-profile, multimillion-dollar judgments have come against TransUnion in particular for their egregious mistakes, as well as Equifax and Experian. So the first question is, who are they? They're private companies, nothing more. They're data collectors. And because they're private companies, Congress has been very sensitive to the fact that they're not government agencies. So a lot of the information they're getting for us, and I'll give you an example. You mentioned my husband, Dorn, and I have a huge family. We do. We have eight kids. I'm pregnant with number nine. Just so happens that two of our children have the exact same Social Security number. They have the last two digits. One is an 11, and the other is a 12, because we applied for their Social Security cards at the same time. You can imagine if somebody is collecting a database of information that you have the same middle initial as your sister, you have the same last name, you've lived at the same address for the same number of years or very close to it, and it's just a simple slip of the typing keypad for the person inputting your data. And everything else is going to match. The other thing a lot of people don't realize, and I'll give this as an example, um, I dated a Robert in high school whose twin sister, honest to goodness, was Roberta. (laughs) What a lot of people don't realize is because these credit bureaus are set up on a database system, they have a finite number of spaces in each field. So for most of the credit bureaus, they're only matching up the first five letters. So in this example, R-O-B-E-R would be either Robert or Roberta. So they're born on the same day, from the same town, lived at the same address. Their credit reports would be a mess. Mm -hmm. So they're simply um, not a good enough system to keep everything straight. As a result, Congress enacted some laws that, that help us as consumers. Excellent. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some of those laws. We're also going to take calls from our listeners at 772-9658-877-772-9658 or via the web at askvina.com. Hey, kids, it's Mr. Drew. Until you go to realliferealestate.com, I'm going to sit here and continue to tease this kitten. That's right. That's right. The feather gets you. The feather gets you, but you don't get the feather. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Lucy Brenton, is an expert on credit, on credit repair, and coincidentally also on real estate investing, which uh, means that she understands all the different ways in which credit affects what we are at least attempting to do on a day-to-day basis. And Lucy, prior to the break, we were discussing this, uh, the idea that the credit bureaus do make mistakes. I think I read a statistic one time that said something like 30 or 40% of all credit reports have some major mistake on them, a misreported item. For some reason, my credit report has me working a job that I have never, ever, I mean, I can't even imagine where they got this idea that I work this job and yet it's right there at the top of my credit report something i haven't bothered to correct because you know just i'm not sure how you know much that really affects things but what about i i i i think it's it's just as confusing maybe to people how these scores are even calculated because i have i have watched my own credit score go up and down by a hundred points or more over the course of just two or three months and not because i'm not paying bills Absolutely. Um, And this is something that people need to be aware of because they are going to finally roll out FICO 08, which is the Fair Isaacs Company's latest and greatest incarnation of the credit score algorithm. Here's what it boils down to. Paying your bills on time is not enough. Um, You alluded earlier to the credit card companies jacking up your interest rates. You miss a payment on Visa. MasterCard has the right to pull your credit report. They see that you missed a payment on Visa, so they jack up your MasterCard rate. And the cardholder agreement doesn't even require that you miss a payment someplace else. It only requires that their risk be changed. So if they feel that their risk is changed because you're using 95% of your credit limit on Visa, then MasterCard will then default your interest rate from that wonderful 4.99 you thought you had to sometimes even 24.99 or 32.99, depends on, you know, your state limits. So, you know, the way that your credit scores are calculated can vary 100 points at a time. The, I guess the major thing that most people need to look for beyond paying their bills on time and the obvious things like that is the utilization of your current credit limits is crucial. So if you have a $10,000 credit line, whether it's on a, a Visa or a MasterCard, for example, and you use only $2,000 of that line, you're doing great. You're using 20%. It's called the utilization ratio. You're golden. But the second you go on vacation and you spend $7,950 and all of a sudden you're at 9950, your credit score will drop 30 to 45 points based on the fact that you're now a higher credit risk. Personally, this offends me because I'm the same person I was the week before I went on vacation when my credit score is 40 points higher to end the day after I go on vacation when, you know, I'm going to go close a deal and pay the whole thing off. But it's super ridiculous because the newest credit scoring system is making that portion even more sensitive. Mm -hmm. So for those of us that have credit lines out there, if you're not using them, they may just go ahead and squash them down. So you thought you had a $10,000 line before, MasterCard wants to look more responsible. They don't want to have so much outstanding credit uh, borrowing availability to their consumers. So they slash you from $10,000 down to $3,000 because you were only using two anyway. And if that was, you know, your major balance and and it's kind of consistent, that's cool. Except for the fact that now you're at 65% or so. 
So you were at 20, now you're at 65%. MasterCard just killed your score and made everything you're going to do more expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even things as simple as um, as inquiries. This is This is something that surprises uh investors who are in who are in borrowing mode because like right now you know if i'm looking for a loan on a property i might go to three or four little small banks looking for a portfolio loan of course each one wants to pull my credit right each one of them wants to get my get my social security number and find out you know what what my fico score looks like and if that happens too often my, I, I think 15% of my credit score is based on how many times somebody even looks at my credit, never mind if they give it to me or not. Yes, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I love these mortgage brokers out there who say, well, I'm not allowed to give you a copy of your credit report. It's against the law. And really, they just want to keep you from shopping. Um, <laughs> so I've always been frustrated about that. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you start looking for credit opportunities and opportunities to borrow, all of a sudden you're a bad person because you look needy. You need credit. Obviously, you know something in your life must be going downhill and you're trying to borrow really fast. So if you're using more than four to six credit inquiries in an entire 12-month period, you're going to get dinged pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. I've seen my own credit score go from, well, I was going to do a loan for myself uh, singly, just myself on the loan, on a Friday. By Monday, I decided to add Dorn to the loan, repulled my credit, and had lost 10 points over the weekend. And, of course, the only change in my profile would have been an additional inquiry. Mm-hmm. So that new system is very, very sensitive to that. The one bright spot in the new system is supposedly, now I, I always take what they say with a grain of salt, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them, is that supposedly collections, little minor things that kill most people's credit scores, if it's under $100 and it's a medical collection, theoretically those will not count as heavily. Right now you get a $26 past due bill from your cable company, it hits your credit report, you could lose 40 or 50 points. For a $20 collection. Mm-hmm. There, there's just simply no correlation between the actual risk and the lowering of the credit score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy, we're going to go to the phones and talk to some of our listeners and, of course, invite everybody who has a call today about or has a question today about credit to call us at 877-772-9658. Or if you're here in the Cincinnati area, just use 772-9658 or go to askvina.com. Let's go to line two, John in Cincinnati. John, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Vina, how are you? Very good, John. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. I have a situation where I have two properties that I am selling to the tenants on a lease purchase. Both of these tenants have some credit issues. Uh, One actually has some medical collections, but then they also have a lack of credit. And the other one had a bankruptcy within the last couple of years. What can I do to help these tenants get their credit straightened out in the next couple of years so that they'll be able to qualify and get financed? Excellent question, John, because there are obviously more people in the situation that your tenants are in today than there are people who can just go buy a house today. Uh, and really, as, as we've been, I think, advocating here on Real Life Real Estate for a couple of years, the best kind of loan that those folks can get for their own for their own good uh, is an FHA insured loan, five percent down, thirty-year fixed rate, low rate, uh, minimal closing costs. However, uh, as Lucy is, I think, about to tell you, you can't just run in and get one of those FHA loans with a five fifty credit score. So, so Lucy, what what steps can John be taking to legally help his tenants get to that point where they're going to be qualified for that mortgage, so that John can make some money and they can have a house? 
Oh, that is a great question. I'm so glad you asked it, John. Um, the major thing that you have to worry about is the fact that you have to take a two-pronged approach to credit repair. You must not only delete the negative items, but you must also add positive items on there. Do they currently have anything reporting that's good? Yes. Okay, so we've, we've got part of the battle done. Here's what I do with my personal houses that I sell on lease option. The first thing I do is when I get my non-refundable option consideration, and I understand this may be difficult in Cincinnati, but in Indiana we still get it, I take them to the bank. They open up a CD, say for $3,000. Using that CD as collateral, they then get a, um, a simple, uh, basically an installment loan, but it's secured by the CD. So the bank's very happy to do so. The banks in our area right now are doing those at 90%. So if you walk in with 3000 they'll give you a $2,700 loan. You walk out with 2700 And at that point, every month that they make that payment on time, it's another little gold star on their credit report. And so that's the way we add good credit. If they can do one or two of those, even if it's only $1,500, it's great. We delete the items that are bad credit, and then we watch their credit score go up. But they're going to need three to six months of paying a couple of things on time before you start to see some movement. Unfortunately, FHA has tightened their guidelines now, and they really want credit scores in excess of 620. There are a few limited companies that will do a 550 credit score, but it's very limited. Okay. All right, John. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the key thing is to, is to really make sure that your tenants understand how important this is. Because to some extent, FHA is also the most forgiving program out there in, in, in terms of can you have had a bankruptcy a couple of years ago with FHA? Yeah. You're, you're, you're still okay with them. I mean, it is for first-time home buyers, And I think, you know, the program was set up with, the, the, with it in mind that you weren't going to have the, the A credit folks. But they certainly cannot do anything during this time period where they're living in your house to make things worse. That's one of the toughest challenges I'm faced with is getting them to realize how important this is and how long this process can take. Well, I think sometimes, John, the key is really to, to, for you not to be telling them that. Uh, to put them with somebody like a mortgage broker, you know, like like Lucy, who's obviously, you know, she lives in Indiana and so on, but understands what they have to do. And is it, the mortgage broker is someone who isn't you. You know, it's just like you can't hear anything from your parents, right? You can't hear anything from mm-hmm. your landlord either. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who's a third party who's keeping track and following up with these folks and saying, look, you know, it's, I know you want to buy that new car, but this wait two months until you've refinanced the house before you do that. Um, that, that, that's been the primary thing that I have found to be successful is for me to tell it to them, but then put them with a professional that I'm not actually in any way related to. Wonderful suggestion. Thank you very much for taking my phone call. Thanks for your call, John. Uh, let's let's uh, actually. I guess we need to take a quick break before we go to the phones. But if I'm going to guess, this is pronounced Juta in Fort Wayne is still there. Just hang on; we will get you right after the break. Also, uh, if you have a call question about your credit, give us a call at seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. 
Don't forget you can give us a call anytime during this hour and talk to credit expert Lucy Brenton live at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email by going to AskVina.com. Uh, I just received an email from Dorn in Fishers, Indiana, saying your guest sounds really hot. Is she available for dinner? <laughs> and uh, Dorn, you need to know that she is both pregnant and married to a Neanderthal. So I would probably <laughs> keep my hands off if I were. Dorn's Lucy's husband. He's fooling around. But yeah, you can actually—he's he a kidder. <laughs> you can actually <laughs> send us a serious question at askvina.com. Go there, fill out the little form at the top, and uh, push the send button. And obviously, it's working today. So he did do it, at least do that for us. Let us know that the uh, askvina.com site is getting us emails. Uh, let's go ahead and go to line one and talk. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. I don't think she's there. <laughs> Sorry about that, Judda. If you're still listening, you can give us a call and we'll get to you right away at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Uh, so, Lucy, there are, there are these laws that you referenced early on yes. the show. Uh, that allow people who either feel like uh, there's something on their credit report that just is flat not theirs. Again, one out of three right. chance that you've got one of those on your credit report. Or, I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of weird stuff when you start actually looking at these things uh, that affect your credit that you just are going to need to get off. Let me, let me give you an example. I had a late payment on a mortgage in like 1998 or something years ago, okay? And it was it was legitimately late. It was my fault. I had three three payments to that bank. I sent them all on one check. The oh, bank they applied can't figure that out. all that three smart. to the same loan and then started sending me late notices on the other two and I didn't open them. So, yes, the the payment did I did I make the payment? Yeah. Was would, did they notify me that it was late? Yes, they did. Uh, the thing is, though, that um, I paid off that loan within two or three months after this late payment, and for some reason, it looks on the credit report like I just made that payment late. I, oh, that's I, so frustrating. I don't I don't even understand this. This was so many years ago, and yet it's showing a thirty day late as the as like one of the last couple of payments. So that sort of thing affects your credit score. You want to get rid of it. How? How? Oh, boy. Um, well, there's always threats and blackmail, but you got to get somebody <laughs> in the inside before you can do that. And no, I'm just kidding. I didn't recommend that. Um, here's the correct answer. There are two laws that protect you. Fair Credit Reporting Act deals with original creditors, which is what that would be, an original creditor. Uh, the, the FDCPA, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, deals with third-party debt collection agencies. So let's contrast the two. The Fair Credit Reporting Act governs also credit reporting agencies, whether they be the Medical Information Bureau. A lot of you didn't know you've got a medical report, just like you've got a credit report. It also governs um, the use of the insurance companies and their reporting habits. But where it's germane to you is, let's say that's on TransUnion. Using the laws in the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you can challenge that negative item and request and really demand that they provide you with proof that that payment was late. Now, your situation is a little bit different because you have something that's obviously even over seven years old that's currently reporting as, you know, some sort of recent event. And the more recent the event that is negative, the worse it's going to hit your credit score. A single mortgage late is typically 60 to 70 points off of your credit score if it's within the last 12 months. 
after 12 months, it starts to minimize the effect. So in your particular case, what I would do is I would provide the paperwork that was the payoff and say, this loan is over seven years old. I would like it removed from my credit report. When you have documentation, it's easier. If you don't have documentation, you just simply give it a general denial. Don't know what this is. Please take it off my report. Please prove to me that this is mine some sort of general language like that. And I'll tell you, more than half the time, 63% of my disputes are removed in the very first request because they can't prove it. Hmm. Interesting. So, and, and, and again, those laws are in place to protect the consumer who has these private companies who, by the way, I understand, really make their money selling our information. Oh, you want to get me started on that? <laughs> I'll give you a quick example. <laughs> Um, there is a phenomenon in the mortgage company known as, known as a trigger lead. So um, I have to warn all of my customers, hey, um, you know, client, I'm about to pull your credit report. I am not going to sell your information, but TransUnion will. So when I pull your credit report, since I'm a mortgage company, what you're going to find is that in the next 48 to 72 hours following, you will get between 10 and 20 calls from other mortgage companies that are looking to give you a second opinion, see if they can help you out. Each of those trigger leads is 20 to $80. So they've just made 20 bucks off of me for pulling your credit report, and it's divided you roughly $6 per each of the three bureaus. And then if each of those bureaus go out and sell your name 10 times and recoup just $20 from each one, my $20 credit report turns into $600 in gross revenue for those three bureaus. Mm-mm-mm. It's the most insane thing ever. And, and then, of course, they sell you all other kinds of ways, but that's the one that I hate the most. Well, and I don't think a lot of people know that, that for instance, if I want to buy a mailing list, you know, and if for, for my real estate business or my education business or whatever, if I want to buy a mailing list of white males who are 55 and a half years old and own a boat and a CD, yes. the place <laughs> I go to do that is the credit bureau. And I can I can it, yeah. buy lists of names that, of course, yeah, how do they know you own a boat and a CD? Because you applied for financing for the boat and you have a loan yeah. against the CD. <laughs> yes, it, it, that's absolutely true. When I market for my credit repair business, I look for people that are over 35 because they're more likely to care about their credit. I look for people with, you know, higher incomes, self-employed if we can determine that, and bad credit. So I can literally target people by credit score. If you're 599 or less, you're my person. I can help you. And in a few, you know, three to six months, have you mortgageable, sometimes in 45 days. But I don't like to overpromise. But for most people, you're looking at about three months to a mortgage. So for them to sell that information over and over and over again, I mean, you and I buy a 1,000 names, they charge us 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. How many times can they sell those names? Mm-hmm. And it's just data entry. Well, and, and again, and, scary that they're a private company and that this they, they have they have set up their lives in such a way that that they are being reported to by every credit giver in the United States, and then they turn around and sell that information. I mean, that's you know it, that's kind of amazing. Uh, Lucy, if you'd like, we can go back to the phones and talk to Matthew, yeah. who's calling from Cincinnati on line one. Matthew, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, how's it going? Great. Hi. All right. So I've got an interesting situation. I um I lived in Nashville for about three years, and uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I've moved from Nashville back up to Cincinnati, and I've had my house on the market for roughly twelve months. And I had relocation with the company that moved me back to Cincinnati, but now I don't really know what to do because my relocation is it's up. I've asked for extensions, and they're like, yeah, right. And so now I'm trying to figure out what to do because the relocation's up. I've got my house. I keep pricing it down. Um, you know, I'm not even getting any hits. I actually had my first hit on the house in seven months today. 
But so I really don't know. I you know there's a, some people that I'm talking to and they're talking about wanting to rent it, and they want to buy it, but they want to wait a year. And I'm like, I don't really want to rent if I don't have to because I just kind of want to get out of the property. But at the same time, I'm not moving the property, so I'm living with my in-laws and their oh, uh, no. upstairs. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's an ideal situation there. You know, I'm kind of worried about the renting slash leasing thing. I don't, I don't know what I should do. I don't know if it's a good idea. Well, I mean, there's there's two there's two pieces of this, right, Matthew? There's there's your preference, which would be just to sell the house, and yeah, and definitely, then, definitely. And then there's is it is it from a mathematical standpoint a good idea? Okay, mm-hmm. and you've, you've clearly expressed your preference. However, the market has clearly told you that your preference is your preference ain't going to happen. Right. Okay, so, so if we can, if we could just, if we could just go past that part of it and talk about what the smart way to do this is, uh, if you've got people that are coming to you and saying, I want to wait a year to buy, that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable request. The important thing for you though, to, to, to be able to do is to actually qualify them and make, mm-hmm. make sure that this, A, it's not a scam. I mean, you just, you just can't believe how oh, I actually know the people. They, I went to church with them. Oh, do you want to know them? Do you want to stay friends with them? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, I, I wouldn't actually call them friends. Uh, <laughs> okay, then it's they, fine uh, to do business with them. Interested? I know them. I, I just, I don't know. I don't even know that I would really. I guess the biggest thing is I, you know, I feel like I need to definitely do some kind of credit check on them. Yeah, think. Um, and but I guess I'm a, I'm a little worried, and this would be with anybody, especially in the area of Tennessee that I'm living in, um, that I'm going to end up getting my house trashed in a year. That like right now they're saying, yeah, we want to buy it, but in a year they're going to be like, nah, I don't want to buy it anymore. Now I have a, a trashed house. What's going to happen if the if the house sits vacant all year? Well, you know, I've already been vacant for a year, and I've been like going down there every month. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got all my utilities on, you know, the heater's on. So I don't think really the house is deteriorating any, you know. We have, my neighbor, you know, goes and checks on it, and, you okay, know, and but we've had to do a little bit of repairs. It, it, but. Here's the thing, Matthew, if I can ask you, how, how much are you paying per month to own this vacant house? Um, $560. So if I were giving you $560 and I was also doing $560 a month worth of damage, wouldn't you be exactly in the same place? This is true. <laughs> Boy, that logic gets every time. <laughs> um, so, and I thought about it. You know, I thought about that exact thing. So, 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 what, what, what do you think would be a fair market rent on this house? Um, I, I think it's roughly, I, I think about one thousand fifty dollars a month. So I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to give you the five hundred sixty dollars that you're you're taking out of your pocket. I'm going to give you another five hundred on top of that, and you're wondering whether right. to do this. And and you're losing the utilities too. Let's beat up on him a little bit. Right. You're leaving money on the table. Yeah. And 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 trust me, <laughs> vacant houses do deteriorate. I'm no, gonna, I know. But, I do understand that. But here's I'm, here's I'm doing my best, you know. uh, the, what I'm going to tell you, Matthew, is n- number one. Uh, in a week, a uh, week from tomorrow, the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati is having a meeting, and you need to go there and you need to get some information just about general okay. general like management and screening principles. But then I'm gonna then I'm gonna have. Uh, Lucy, tell you how you're going to qualify these people so that you're pretty sure that in a year they are going to be capable of buying, okay? Because mm-hmm. what, what you need to know about them is, A, that they make enough money to pay you the $1,000 a month and plus sure. pay their utilities and everything. 
right. uh, and B, that they are at least on the way to being qualified and C, that they're not going to trash your house. And I can tell you exactly how to tell if they're going to trash your house or not. Okay. Almost a hundred percent sure thing predictor. Go to their current house. Oh, that's really good. That's a good thought. Yeah, because if it's trashed, that's what your house is going to look like in a year. If it's beautiful, that's yeah. what your house is going to look like in a year. And you know what? You can even give them warning. It takes it takes what six hours to drive down to Nashville from Cincinnati. So yeah. you can call them when you leave Cincinnati and tell them that you're going to be at their house in six hours. And if they can get it clean enough to pass in six hours, it ain't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> So, yep. so, so that's how you know that they're not going to trash your house. Now, Lucy, yes. looking forward a year, because Matthew really wants this house sold. Oh, he, me too. He I want he, your house sold, Matthew. He doesn't want to get right. it back. So looking forward a year, what has to happen for these people to be able to qualify to buy? Oh, the good news is, is it's under FHA, it's not going to be that rough, because as a mortgage broker, I need 12 months of on-time payments on at least three things. So if you were listening earlier when I talked about doing a secured loan, open up a CD, get a loan, do that, they can go and do that twice. Because if you walk into the bank with 1500 bucks, you walk out of the bank with 1500 bucks, you're good to go. Do that twice. Get a small credit card. The point is they need three things that they paid on time. Now, if they can do the three things that they paid on time, and then in addition to that, they can remove some negative items from their credit report, they're going to be good to go in 12 months. And the way that you're going to know that they are actually motivated to do so is they're going to start working on that right away. They are never more excited. This is for all lease option tenant landlords. They are never more excited than that first month that they move in. They're in love with the house. They're in love with the fact that you took a chance on them. Take advantage of that momentum and start them in credit repair right away. Whether they have me do it, they do it themselves, they've got to take positive action immediately, they get the ball rolling, and then before you know it, three to six months down the road, they're actually halfway there. But you've got to follow up on it. You've got to play daddy. All right, Matthew? All right, great. Thanks for your help. Good, good luck. Uh, All right. and, good luck. And, yeah, don't, don't blow off the whole management thing either. That's, I mean, we're, 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 we're telling you today how to, how to get them qualified. There's also the issue of you know are they actually gonna be good tenants so don't don't blow that part off just uh you know pay attention to it all uh, i think it's time for a quick break and to invite one more time our listeners to give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or to send us an email via askvina.com welcome back to real life real estate investing I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Lucy Brenton, real estate investor, mother of eight going on nine. And <laughs> Seems almost ludicrous, doesn't it? <laughs> like a bad joke. You're a, you're a busy gal, owner of OriginalCreditCoach.com, um, also fan of RealLifeRealEstateRadio.com. Uh, which you can go to anytime and become a fan yourself. The um, thing that I forgot to mention early on in the program was we now have the last 10 programs of Real Life Real Estate linked there and are working on 100. Is that the word? How many? Mm-hmm. 120. We're working on 120 shows posted there on realliferealestateradio.com. I know, like a whole library of freaking education up there for folks for free. The only the only thing I want to caution people about is I'm I'm not going backwards through 120 shows and editing out the traffic and weather. 
awesome. So <laughs> last, the last ten or dozen, I did that, and I, you know, I the I played the disclaimer up front at like four times speed, and then chopped out, you know, Martini talking about the rain of toads. <laughs> um, but I'm not going through that many, so you're just going to have to live with that. So if you want to know what the weather was on February 20th, 2005. Yeah, you're out of luck. <laughs> Consult an automatic, an almanac. Yeah, it's always, the slowdowns are always in all the usual places, right, Mike? Real life, real estate radio dot com. Uh, again, we're not we're not completely up to uh, to 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 all of the shows that we're going to have posted on there. But that's people keep sending me emails saying where are they, where can I get them, and that's your answer. Real life, real estate radio dot com. Um, okay, so I had like this really important question that I wanted to ask Lucy before I got all distracted by all of this um, all of these happenings in here. Um, regarding uh credit reports and credit scores and we've obviously had quite a bit of uh interest here both through the um emails i've been getting and the calls on the idea of helping other people to to improve their credit scores because they want to buy from us and they're it, it just isn't it just isn't working anymore to be five points low. I mean, there's yeah, there's very, 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 very strict um, uh, requirements now for FHA, Fannie Mae, even VA uh, mortgages. So when we are talking to other people, like specifically our buyers or our tenant buyers, about mm-hmm. things that they need to be doing, you mentioned that there are there are things that they should be doing, like uh, establishing some credit that they can then pay on time consistently. Is Are there any like big don'ts in the whole, let me fix oh, my credit thing? Thank you. Yes, I'm going to cover some don'ts, and then I'm going to cover some way that they can actually extract money from the pockets of debt collectors. I want to get that in before we go. Um, the first question is, can we um, enumerate some don'ts? The biggest don't I have when people are doing their own credit repair is do not send documentation unnecessarily to the credit bureaus. There are so many people out there that say the way to fix your, your credit after bankruptcy is simply send a copy of your bankruptcy records. Once you do that and they've scanned that in, they have all the evidence they ever need to keep every single one of those accounts on your credit report for the full seven to ten years. But if instead you simply send them an ambiguous uh, letter that simply says, you know, I'm not really sure this is mine. I need you to prove it to me. I don't recognize this. Please delete it. Then the burden of proof falls squarely on them. Conversely, another way to get, you know, get credit scores to go up very quickly is to remove the collections that are on your credit report. A lot of people don't realize that the way third-party debt collectors work is they simply are assigned or buy debt for pennies on the dollar. So some of the biggies, I probably shouldn't name them by name on the radio, so I won't, but there are really big third-party debt collectors that will buy your $100 debt for 3 or $4. And then they will turn around and have no documentation, no documentation that this is yours. They don't have your signature on a receipt or on any kind of an original contract. They simply start sending you dunning letters through the mail, and a certain percentage of people will simply pay. Another certain percentage of people will pay once the creditors start calling and annoying them. Hopefully your educators are now, or your listeners now are going to be educated to know that when these third-party debt collectors contact you initially, if you can get them within the first 30 days, it's golden. They've got that mini Miranda warning that says, hey, you know, this is an attempt to collect a debt. Any information will be used for that purpose. 
if you immediately respond, for the fellow who has a house down in Tennessee, for anybody living in Texas and various other states, this is absolutely true in Tennessee and Texas, if you ask them within 30 days to provide you proof that that debt is yours, not just some computer printout, but actual proof called debt validation, and they don't respond within 30 days, in Texas and Tennessee, the state consumer laws are written that that collection agency now owes you $1,000 simply for not responding. Huh. Indiana, where I'm from, Ohio, where you're from, we don't have those sorts of teeth in our laws. Now, the FDCPA, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which is the federal law, also has teeth that if they fail to prove that it's yours, they must delete it. If they fail to delete it, then you can go ahead and, and get $1,000 out of them in either a small claims lawsuit or, if you're good enough, hit them over the head and negotiate it with them. But you should be extracting money from the pockets of the evil third-party debt collection agencies. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Lucy, can we can we jump back to the phones real quick? I hate to leave sure. listeners uh, hanging. And JC from Cincinnati uh, has a question for us on line one. JC, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, how are you? I'm good, JC. Did you have a question for Lucy? I do. Um, I'm trying to find out about student loans, humongous ones, and how they affect <sighs> the possibility of whatever in investing. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, student loans become part of your debt ratio. They're installment loans. The insidious thing about student loans and your credit score is the fact that you borrow 20000 they keep attacking on the interest, so your credit limit might have been 20000 but now you owe 30000 so when the, when the credit scoring computer looks at that, it kind of freaks out. It does take into account the fact that they are student loans. Um, so it's not impacted as badly as, say, a car loan would be if you borrowed 20 and now you owe 30. Um, but it is a pretty big impact. The best advice that I can give you on student loans is don't get behind on them right. because they will continue to report forever and ever, and uh, you can't bankrupt out of that debt. The second right. thing about student loans that a lot of people don't know is if you do get 30 or 60 days behind, most student loan companies are not reporting 60-day rates. They don't report until you get to be 90. So if you're 30 or 60 days late now, immediately catch up. It probably won't show on your credit report. If you're 90 days later more, or like some people, they come to me a year or two later, if you can go back and negotiate a deferment and then get that, a lot of people are eligible for a 24-month deferment, and you've been late for six months. Ask them to set the deferment to seven months ago. Right. And a lot of times that will go back and clean up the credit report. They will tell you that it won't, but more often than not, having that deferment set gets it re-reported as current. Um, if you have somebody qualifying for a loan and they cannot, they cannot afford your house because the student loans are just simply too expensive, have them call the student loan place, get a deferment, get it in writing. Most mortgage companies, if you have a 24-month deferment, will then not count the student loan against you. And I've gotten loans for people simply because we went to the student loan place, we got a deferment, provided the paperwork, the underwriter was able to say, okay, obviously for the next two years you don't have that debt, we're not going to count it against you. I try to get as many tips as I can. In. Ah, wow, she you. knows a lot about credit, doesn't she, JC? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, she just rolls that off her tongue like, you know, it's just yeah. sitting there in her brain. So... Yeah, it doesn't Thanks sound like so it's much. The, it doesn't. You're welcome. Right. Drew's, Drew's laughing because I said it was just sitting there in your brain. And because he thinks it's appropriate to laugh when he's not on mic. Um, so, so Lucy, we just got a couple of minutes left. What are uh, some, some final tips that you would give to folks who are listening, who are real estate investors about things they need to know about credit, do about credit, take action on right away? Oh, good question. The first thing that I would do if I were real estate investors, I would take action on my personal credit report right away. If you're not signed up for a monitoring service, 
you know, those are, those are pretty cool. Make sure that the monitoring service you use is actually giving you a real credit score. A lot of them have their own generic knockoffs of the credit score, and therefore you don't get an actual credit score. So monitoring service is great. Spend the 15 bucks a month. You're a real estate investor. It's a cost of doing business and get yourself, uh, get yourself squared away. The second thing that I would do is I would make a hierarchy of my tenants who are in a lease option to see who has the best likelihood of buying my houses. And then I would start to concentrate on them, encouraging them, sending them mail every month, and maybe contacting them to say, hey, you know, how can I help? Who can I refer you to? Hey, I've got a friend who's a mortgage broker. Talk to him. If you can start getting the ball rolling, especially in that first crucial 30 to 60 days, it's going to make a huge difference. Uh, but the biggest tip I have is the people receiving your letters don't care. So they're $8 an hour employees. They don't care. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. Sit down, write it out on a piece of typing paper, mail the thing in, send it certified mail return receipt requested so you can track the darn thing. But by all means, get started because there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Thank you very, very much, Lucy Brenton, for sharing all of your wonderful knowledge today about uh, how we can improve our credit. Welcome to our three newest fans, Raul, Steve, and Jules at realliferealestateradio.com. Be sure to get there and join yourself. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.